Welcome to episode 40 of the Golf Betting System podcast. We are covering the PGA Championship from Belle Reve Country Club in St. Louis, Missouri. It's the 100th PGA Championship. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Previewer at Golf Betting System. And with me, we have European Tour expert Paul Williams and resident podcast pundit Barry O'Hanrahan. Good evening, chaps. Evening, gents. Good evening, guys. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk, that's our website. Twitter handles, I'm at Bamford Golf. Paul is at Golf Betting. Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. We are available on Podbean, iTunes, TuneIn for Android, Spotify, Player FM, Podtail. And we're now on Stitcher. So whatever way you take in your podcast, we're available to you. Naturally, subscribe or follow the podcast and tell your friends about the show. Right, we had a week off last week, chaps. It was all good, all very replenishing from a uh, energy perspective. And we come straight back to the PGA Championship, the last major of 2018. Glory's um, last shot, eh? Glory's last... Well, it won't be next year, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> being played at the Bell Reeve Country Club, which we don't know too much about, do we? I know that we um we've seen some majors here in the past, the most recent of which saw Mar um Nick Price win. Uh, and then two thousand and eight after the redesign. It's a Trent Jones uh original course, so it's an old style tree line parkland golf course. It looks pretty nice. I mean I'll ask you guys for your views, but from what I've seen, it looks pretty nondescript to some of the recent uh, major championship hosting courses that we've seen. Um, and it then had a uh, Reese Jones redesign before the 2008 BMW Championship, which, of course, was uh, that was the th in 2008, and that was the third leg of the four-legged uh, PGA Tour. FedEx Cup playoffs, I think mm. that was the inaugural year. So yeah. there is something to work from here. Um, a par 70, 7,300 yards plus, um, two par fives, but I do see quite a few short par fours as well. So anything around that kind of 360, there's, there's definitely a drivable one on the back nine. Mm. And there's a couple early on in the round where if you're a serious hitter, you know, the likes of what we were seeing at Bridgestone last week and you're firing it 400 yards off the tee, which we know that a lot of these guys can do now, you know, some of these holes are going to be quite gettable, I think. Yeah, as long as it's not uh, overly soft from the from the rain they get uh, before mm. the event starts. But, uh, yeah, There's no guarantee of that either. I'm, I'm seeing yeah. about 60 to 65% for Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. Mm. It was very wet there last week, mind. Yeah. So I think there will be a little bit of giving the uh, cut in the in the soil. Um. Surely Dustin Johnson's going to win it, isn't he? <laughs> Did you see his tweet earlier today saying, or from last night, saying that his game was uh, just about where he wanted it to be? And yeah, for that from that final round yesterday, where he looked at one point as if he was going to come through and post some score that was really going to contend, didn't he? Mm. Uh, couldn't quite do it in the end. What was he, 7 under through 11 or 12 or whatever the number was? And you know, had some chances as well, didn't he? Coming home, you know, there were some, some makeable putts there that he couldn't quite uh, couldn't quite finish off. 
He's when he's in that kind of form and he's in that kind of mood. He's a formidable player, isn't he? We, we, we thought, you know, that he was going to cruise through Car- uh, Carnoustie. <laughs> you know, the, the place looked dead set for him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he ends up uh, hating the 18th hole and missing the cut. Um, he's, when he, if he, if he turns up with his, even his B-plus game, I think he, uh, you know, he's going to win. Or he'd be very damn close to winning. Yeah. So, it's just... Uh, if, it just depends if he's a little bit burned out now or if he's just getting started. He's not He's not watertight at the majors, though, is he? One major championship title after all these years. Yep. Mm. Oh, no, he's let a few slip, hasn't he? He knows how to throw a few away. Yeah, a lot of open championships have uh, slipped by the wayside. But, you know, he's a better player now. He's been backed off the boards at the moment, isn't he? So, uh, If you look at the titles... I'm playing devil's advocate because, OK, he wins by seven, potentially, but... If you look at the titles he's won this year, you know he won the FedEx and Jude. You know, that was, you know, he went in a head-to-head with Andrew Putnam, and he won the RBC Canadian Open, which wasn't exactly packed full of quality. So I, I think there's chances there for a lot of players. Um, the, I'll tell you where I'm coming from with this. If you if you look at Camillo Vijegas, who won here in 2008. And you look at Nick Nick Price, who won here in '92. There's a few there's a few courses that kind of stand out for me. Mm. Uh, Vijegas has won at the Honda Classic at PGA National. He's also finished second there. And at that BMW Championship, I keep harking back to in '08, Anthony Kim was right in the mix as well. The the swashback buckling Anthony Kim. Now Kim's finished second at PGA National as well, but. We go to TPC Sawgrass. Now, that isn't a hunting ground for Dustin, as we know. Camillo's won there. He's finished third there. Jim Furyk, who finished runner-up to Camillo in 08, has finished second, third and fourth there amidst a host of T20s. Top Mm. 10s, rather. Nick Price also won the Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass. So, that's a very strong course correlation to me. Mm. Now, convert. I mean, that doesn't work for Dustin. But conversely, Vijegas has finished third at St Jude, uh, as did Dudley Hart, who weirdly finished in the top three here that year. So that works very nice because of the Zoysia fairways that we're seeing this week. So that works well for Dustin. So there's kind of there's kind of negatives and and, and pluses in the in the course correlation kind of stats I'm seeing. And that 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 was just that was just enough to put me off at sort of ten to one. Yeah, it it, it doesn't scream absolute hundred percent fit from what you've just said there, does it? Mm. You know, there's, there's better players out there with a better Sawgrass record, with a better Eastlake record, with a better you know, overall portfolio of of course records that you're looking for if if indeed those you know those causes and you know you, you're drawing conclusions potentially off of two isolated events that are what 16 years apart or whatever the number is mm. um and the course has changed a bit in the meantime but um yeah I, I've, I've not run out there and um and put the house on on dj this week i must say even though he's got clearly a cracking chance to win the player i thought before last night's round, who was calling my name louder than DJ, was Rory. Because if you think about Rory, winner at Eastlake, winner at PGA National, 
has a decent, fairly good record at TPC Sawgrass, although it you know it takes away his attacking tendencies. But you know, I just for a guy, you know, for a guy that's you know, I'm a he's just not hitting greens like he used to do. Mm. It's his short game and putting that's actually making him contend at the moment. Yeah, his wedge game is not not dialed in. No. I, for for me, I really do. Um, I rate him to have a great week this week. You know, there just seems to be a lot of good things bubbling under, and just yeah, just so so close to clicking. Yeah. Um, and I think the thing is whether he can get the wedge game dialed in this week between you know between now and uh, the start of play. Um, you know, with these greens, you know, being kind of multi-level, undulating, you you know, you're gonna want to get the ball into the right part of the greens and. Um, you know, if he's spinning a back down eleven, or leaving himself like forty, forty-five footers, instead of looking at eight, ten footers mm. for birdie, mm. um, that that I think that's the key for me for him this week. I could it's, see Rory having a very good week, but is he going to be able to find just that? From a purely from a course correlation perspective, his the his his results and where they they fall suit for me. They they are better suit than Dustin's. Do you think you know, given what we've seen from Rory, and you know, ultimately, it's the, it's the silly mistakes or the mistakes that he's making from you know these con- contending and decent positions that are preventing him from winning the, winning these events. And are you going to be able to? You know, there's there's no room for that when you're talking about a major championship with you know you're playing against the the very best players in the world. Can you afford to do that? I'm I'm not sure you can. Can he can he can he plug those gaps? Can he find what's missing in the space of a few days ahead of the uh, USPGA? I'm not not convinced either, to be honest. If Jimmy Johnson was on Rory McIlroy's bag, do you think he'd be playing better? We've gone completely off route here, completely <laughs> off pace. But that that's that's I think he needs a strong caddy. Someone that calms him down and actually says to him, Roy, this is what we're going to do, this is the strategy we're going to play, rather than him kind of having a yes man on the bag and he's just over, you know, he's just making all of the decisions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Someone's just carrying his bag. It doesn't, I mean, it, I don't think it's a terrible thing. He seems to be in a pretty, kind of getting himself into a pretty decent place mentally as well these days. You know, trying to talk himself into playing it for fun and. Um, just taking a slightly different angle at it. I mean, look, it's it's working in all, but he's not getting a, a win or two. But that's not to say he doesn't go out and do it this week. It just it feels like something's been bubbling under and waiting to happen. I mean, he could go and shoot eighty eighty, and that's what could have been bubbling under and waiting to happen. But um, yeah, I look. He's. I think he's going to be in the mix here come Sunday, um, and that it's, it's whether he can convert from that position. You know, he's there's that kind of pressure of a f- you know, or internalized pressure of a few years of not winning a major. Mm. You know, when, when he won those, uh, when he went on a string of winning majors, everyone just thought he'd just keep ticking them off at one a year. Yeah. Would you back him at twelves, Barry? Uh, like he might, it might. It's interesting. If he's, it, it if, he's, if he starts well and you're on Betfair Exchange, you know it's 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 something you can lay straight off. Well, yeah, one thing we know with Rory he, and a bit like DJ as well, he can get off to a flying start in a major. 
Um, yeah. And the, these boys can, you know, as you say, if you've backed them on the exchange um, and they do start flying very quickly on Thursday, then their price can quickly halve or, or, or more. Um, Absolutely. But, you know, we're talking about his short game and his putting being the strength at the moment. And that doesn't necessarily hold, does it? You know, what, what if that disappears? You know, he, he has a bad week around the greens. He has a bad week on the greens. And if the rest of his game is where it has been, um, he misses the cut. Or he doesn't perform. He doesn't contend. That's For me, trend-wise, PGA champions come into the event and they've actually got the ball under control from tee to green. Um, and he hasn't. No. I mean, the objective. No, it's his short game that's saving. Yeah. I mean, you, you wrote about it in your original uh, pre-preview, didn't you, about the importance of having a good week at the Bridgestone. Um, you know, strong street uh, strokes gained tee to green uh, is another one of the big factors. Yeah. You know, how how often have you seen of a, a strokes gained of one point nine across the event last week? Yeah. Putting was his strongest category. Mm. Yes. Approach, approach. He was negative, and a big chunk negative as well. Mm. As you said, that te- that's his approach play and his and his um, wedges, Barry. Yeah, there's some yeah, some really misses that uh, were kind of yeah. And it, the scary thing was that he he looked to be a bit mystified by why they were missing long or short. Um, so it's just something he's not putting his finger on uh, he's a super talented guy and uh, he might be able to figure it out I, I, look, I'd be more tempted just to maybe hang on and see can I catch him at maybe 20s in running or something like that if he's a few off or somebody else gets a hot start yeah um, so or maybe maybe if I'm getting boosted a little bit to 14s or 16s but um yeah, I mean, let's go start talking about a few other people. You know. Well, this is where am I? I, I put my um, preview out. Uh, it was released mid-afternoon, wasn't it, Paul? Um, mm. This is where I'm at. I'm keeping it dead, dead simple. I'm using the, I'm using the old trends of top twenty-eight at the Bridgestone. I do like to see um, a decent strokes gained, um, tee to green performance. Oh, Firestone, if we've got it, and when I'm reading about you know the, these greens being quite vicious and they're very sectioned, so you know if you've got an approach game that's getting you close to close to the hole, you can make birdies. But you know if you're not in those quadrants of the greens, those sections, mm. you know it is three putt territory. Yeah, it's, it's not just hitting the green, is it? You've got to no. be hitting the hitting the right part of these greens because they're quite chunky greens I think they're yep. averaging yep. 8,000 square feet so yeah, GIR thing. isn't going to be the all, be all this week it's going to mm. be proximity to hole yep. um, I love as well I do like this um, Zoysia um, angle mm. just just because you know, I'm, uh, the way I'm, I'm seeing so I'm keeping it dead simple this week I'm thinking Justin Thomas again week on week you look at where he's played well in the past. You look how he played last week. If he plays that well again, um, he's going to be a tough man to beat. I do also love Brooks Coker this week. You look at his record at St Jude. Um, he's very good on Zoysia. He did well at East Lake last year. He's a major championship uh, monster. And if you look at those two from last week, 
Justin Thomas was first for proximity to Hull. Brooks Coker was fourth. Brooks also topped GIR. Um, and if you look at it from a tee to green perspective, Thomas was fourth, uh, strokes gained, and Coker was first. Mm. I, I just think uh, they're, they're, they're the two at the top of the market as opposed to DJ, who, for me, they stand out by a country mile. Um, and then a bit further down, it's interesting, five of the last six PGA champions have been at 45 to 1 or less. Yeah. The, 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 one about, the one outside of that was Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy Walker. Walker. Captain Cod, as it was, isn't Captain Cod? Um, he's won 25. Um, and I just... I Maybe it was a long day or something, but I just... Tony Fee now, for me, he's just playing some great golf. I think he needs to remain motivated to try and get a... a, a US Ryder Cup spot. The competition around those final spots are absolutely immense. Which needs a putt well, doesn't he? he you know, his yeah. tee to green game for a long time has been very strong. His, his putting last week was quite reasonable, actually. Mm. Um, it wasn't scarily bad. Um, he was seventeenth for putts per GIR. Yeah. So it's decent. Decent. That, that's good. That's good for him. That is good for him. Oh, it is good for him. And the other thing with Fee now last week, if you look at his approach, prey, he was he was fifth for proximity to hole, um, and he was thirteenth for strokes going tee to green. So, you know, we know that he's top ten at the last three majors. Yeah. If he really wants to get into that Ryder Cup team, for me, um, Mickelson and Woods are a lock. I'm reading lots of stuff about. Woods is basically saying he wants to take Deschambo as his partner and play with him. So you, you know you're down to what you're down to then seven, eight, nine, ten. You're down to two spots out of five players. One of them's likely to be Simpson because he could get that eighth spot after this PJ Championship. There's a line, you know, line mm. in the sand. Then all of a sudden they're fighting over one spot, one captain's pick. Yeah. And we've got the quality of Cantley, Kyle Stanley. Um, obviously, we've still got. Um, Matt Cucho in the mix. So, if you, you know, I think Fino would be very disappointed to miss out on that Ryder Cup team, and that's probably another motivation for him. So, yeah, they're the three I've gone for. I'm, I'm going to publish some longer shots that we can discuss a little bit later on, just in terms of some triple digits and people that interest you. What about you, boys? You, 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 you tell the uh, tell the listeners who you're into. Um, go on, you go first, Ben. <clears throat> well, like uh, as as you guys know, over the, over, uh, the weekend, I texted and just kind of said, "How how do you guys see Fina fitting in with this course?" Um, uh, so like I kind of had him in my head as well, and not nice to hear a few of the stats from the weekend kind of uh, working in his favor. Quite nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's a classical course, you know, tree lined, and as Paul, you were saying off air that you know would have a similar enough vibe to Augusta um, I think there's yeah, I think there's correlations you can draw with it for sure yeah I mean not huge but you know just a lo- even a loose enough one mm, you know yeah. so Fino went well at that um, obviously playing you know brilliant golf for uh, the whole year and, and really does seem to turn it on at the majors mm. so um, at, the, at you know 40 to 1 it's um, it's a nice price and uh, yeah so he's one of my guys he was 45 uh, to 1 about 10 minutes before I published <laughs> uh, yeah, okay I like, oh, shit. 
You know, it, it, you never know. There's a lot of... Um, I've got one for you, oh. Barry. If you join Royal Panda, I haven't a clue where they're based, you can, you can get them for 50 to 1. That sounds like a takeout. <laughs> <laughs> That, 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 that also looks like a win-only price, so I'm not sure you're getting much each-way value on that. But um. Yeah, I'm, I might just hang on. There seems to be plenty of competition between the bookies this week. I'm sure we'll get on to a little chat about the bookies. Yeah. So uh, he, he might just drift a little bit. Um, so I, don't, I, I just hope hope one of the uh, the big um, tipsters doesn't uh, tip him in the meantime. Mm. So I might have to take a little bite of him now. Um you know, just on the tree-lined course angle, Alex Noren seems to play classical, uh, classical-type golf courses very well. He's been a little bit quiet and under the radar, um, but that means his price is kind of tasty. Mm. So, you know, winner at Wentworth. Bent grass, you know, yeah, grass greens this week, that'll suit him. Yeah, yeah so he's, he's out there at 50, 55s in one spot. So, you know, that's he, he's um, interests me. Um, as always... Um, Ricky is interesting too. I mean, I think a lot of things for Ricky stack up quite well. Um, his par four scoring, strokes gained tee to green, strokes gained approach, good performance at Augusta. Seems to be figuring out in the majors, but you know, he's he's a little bit a little bit wobbly now. The last couple of performances, um, with the the Open Championship, um, when he just had that, uh, yeah. He went to pieces, really. Um, we, were, we were on him at the US Open, and for two rounds, he was right in the mix. And then, it, yeah. then it got that it got to that Saturday, and he just absolutely fell apart. Like eighty, was it seventy eight, eighty two, or something? And then he goes and shoots the low score or second lowest score on the on the closing Sunday. Yeah, there's that one round in there that's just scuppering. I mean, that, isn't that's it? mental, isn't it? That's yeah, that's mental. It's a bit, it's a bit strange. It just seems a bit not, you know. Unlike him, I guess. Um, especially when you put himself in those great perform in great positions. Uh, again, with Ricky, the problem is he's just so he's just so popular with the punters. His price is always way shorter than it should be. Like I mean, it's uh, in places he's shorter than um, Jordan Speed, or le- or it's the same as Jordan Speed. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll have to I'll have to weigh it up whether I go with uh, Ricky or not. Um, we do, we, I've, I've a few others, but they're kind of long shots, so maybe we'll hold, I'll hold them till a little bit later in the show. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I've, I've only I've only backed one player um, sub a hundred to one so far, and that's uh, Bubba Watson. And you know, we, we, I look at some of the names on the list in the kind of fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, whatever to one bracket, and. You know, Bubba's drifting in the market. He, well, he finished thirty first last week. It wasn't wasn't a, a good performance by any stretch. But the guy's won three times this year, and you know it seems to be unless he's winning the week before, um, he's been disregarded almost by the bookies. And if you go back to uh, Justin Thomas last year, he'd won three times on the tour before he won his uh, his US PGA title. Um, you know, having this incoming winning form is. No bad thing whatsoever. He's won four times on bent grass greens. Um, if you go back to 2008, the BMW Championship, which was played here, you go back, Bubba was a, a maiden at the time. You know, he was nowhere near the player that he is now. He, you know, he's clearly he's won his major championships, his, his green jackets in the meantime. Um, but he arrived here, he had a poor couple of days to begin with, then he shot 66, 65 over the weekend here, 
Um, and that was the joint best on show. No one beat him. No one scored better than Bubba over the weekend here, back in 2008. Um, I've seen a lot of commentary on this. It seems to su- seems to uh, suit a right-to-left shot shape, similar to Augusta. Um, you know, I'm not sure it's quite as pronounced as that, but there's certainly a small bias there from what I've been reading. Um, I think there will be some correlation with you know, the tree-lined courses like Augusta again, particularly with the bent grass greens, particularly with the big multi-tiered greens. Um, you know, I, I I think there's a lot to like about him. And you look at the price there. Um, I, I took him on the exchange at 65 um, over the weekend. Um, you, you can currently get 66 to 1 if you're willing to take fewer each-way places. You can take um, 60, I believe, at the moment um, with eight places each way. Um, 50 odds with uh, with three six five. So there's lots of different options there. But I look at the names around him at the kind of 40, 50 to one bracket, and I I see no reason why you wouldn't skip down and and take a chance on Bubba given his winning form. Mm. Lots to like there in my view. Lots to like. I do think he's completely overpriced. It's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, and we know that, you know, there's, again, these classical tracks, a lot of them demand a, um, a shot-shaping um, ability. And if there's one player who can shape his shots, it's Bubba Watson. When um, uh, they had the media day and Thomas went over there to, uh, to you know, be part of it, he, one of some of his comments were, it's, it's the kind of course where you can really cut corner. Mm. And, you know, that, that shouts, doesn't it, DJ Bubba? McElroy, Thomas, these kind of guys that can really take advantage with the you know they're at high apex, big power. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can I can see Bubba. I mean, we don't, clearly, we, you know, if he's suiting sixty six, sixty five, so eleven under over the weekend when yeah. they were here in 08. Mm. Yeah, so no, no, no one beat that score. It's um, you know he's he was you know a fraction of the player he is now. Um, back then so you know and you know it's, it's difficult to draw conclusions from a couple of rounds and we know with Baba he's the kind of player that um, he reacts and performs on the courses that he likes um, do we have much insight into how he really like you know how he really got on you know 10 years ago no we don't but those two rounds would suggest that there's that there's something positive in there and uh, you know given some of the the paltry prices on offer at the top of the market, I think, you know, at, at that kind of price, he's worth taking a chance on, in my view. So, yeah, he's the only one that I've backed at that kind of level. Yeah. It's a mad price. Mm. He, he won only seven weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy price. Yeah. Bigger prices? Bombs? Oh, Tior Olsen, he's been absolutely slaughtered. Yeah, as a few Stanley. Stanley, all the all the guys that performed last week have uh, been uh, hammered, haven't they? Aaron Wise, it it, yeah, it doesn't always transfer either, either. No, no, for, yeah. for some reason Gary Woodland's been hammered in as well. Which, uh, given that we we were on him last week, Barry, and um, screaming at the TV screen um, throughout the weekend, that was um, it's a bit of a surprise to see a sea of blue on him. But uh, I've been on him the last two weeks. Um, he is, yeah, he's. I almost kind of have to stick with him now, <laughs> because yeah. if you got if I if I jump off him, especially he's available at one forty on bet three six five with eight places. Mm. Yeah, definitely happy to throw a couple of euro on him at that price, um, just in case he does click. Because there's it's it's really um, 
it's obvious that he's playing some very good golf because he's putting the scores up and then he just goes and I don't know what happens like goes off into daydream land and puts a few bogeys together so you know, that, that was the kind of um, was the kind of thing that Brooks Kepka was doing before he won the US Open last year I remember he's putting together lots of lots of red numbers but he was dropping in doubles and, and runs of bogeys and he cleaned it all up in time to win the US Open yep. so I'm not, I'm not saying Woodland's at the same uh, level as Kepka but just kind of reminded you know reminiscent of that, of that kind of uh, lead in um, Siwoo Kim has come back on my radar after breaking our hearts yeah, earlier in the year. Yeah, Paul and I were discussing this off mic. Yeah, he's on my shoulder. He's, he's coming, Siwoo. It's you know, and he's back up at that you know back up at tasty prices again. Mm. Not quite as not quite the two hundred to one we were, we had on him, but uh, he's close enough. One sixties so. with eight places I saw earlier. Yeah, we talked. Yeah, we talked yeah. about TPC Sawgrass, didn't we, Camillo? Nick Price. Mm-hmm. We know that Siwoo won there last year. Yeah. Mm, there's something in that. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a top ten at East Lake as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah. he should have won worse bets than that. Mm. I hope he's also playing the Wyndham Championship next week because we're back to Bermuda. Yeah, that's potentially one of the detractors, isn't it? Is you know he hasn't got that much um, tangible form on bent grass greens. That's not to say he can't play in it by any stretch, but. Uh, most of his best works come on Bermuda, isn't it? Yeah. I, I can see Siwoo. I, I like that bet. I'll tell you what, one, one, one name oh. that caught my eye at that kind of level, um, simply because of the price, was Sergio Garcia. Oh, mate, yeah. There's hundreds of one out there on Sergio. What's this situation then, boys, with um, Thomas in your, gut, in your mind? Because clearly, you know... He, he's in going to be an awkward scenario as well, isn't he? Because Casey might not qualify automatically. Yeah. That then puts him under pressure because Stenson's apparently, although it's not being reported, carrying an injury. Yeah. And then you've got Sergio who's horribly out of form. Well, is he? I mean, look at Sergio. Right? Last week, if he'd have shot 65 in the final round, he shot 75. Right? If he'd have shot 65 in the final round, which was out there, there was the 64s out there. He shoots 65, he finishes tied fifth with Kepka. What price is he going into this week? 33? 33s. 33? Yeah. He shoots 75. Yeah. He shoots 75, he has one bad round. Um, he's 100 to 1. You know, generally yeah. he's 80, 90, but there's 100 to 1 out there. He, was six, he shot 67, didn't he, round three last yeah, week? Yeah. Which was fifth best in field, yeah. So he's not a million miles away. And I'm seeing a slither 100 to 1 about him. Yeah. He's won the Masters. He's won the Players, which you were talking about. Mm. I don't know. That, that, that looks too big to me. It does look too big to me. He needs to perform, doesn't he? Mm. Suppose, I mean, Bjorn probably has said it to him. Come on, you've got some big tournaments coming up. You need to perform. And I, I wrote this in my piece before the Canadian Open, where he started really well. I think he was five under. Then he, he should have been six under and missed a three-footer on the last. And then he birded the next on his opening hole on round two, and then he just fell apart, and he missed the cut. And you just think, wow, yeah, it's a big, big fall from grace, really. Mm. But you think it through. He's outside the FedEx Cup 125, I think, or he's there or thereabouts. He might have to play the Wyndham Championship next week. Yep. Might yep. have to. If he wants to play the playoffs, yeah. Because otherwise, he's got no playoff activity, and, and he's, where's he going to play in Europe? 
Well, they're, they're small little shitty events, aren't they, between now and... Uh, exactly. Nothing much. So, you know, I can see from a motivation perspective, he needs something and he needs it mm. immediately. Otherwise, he's creating a huge problem both for himself and for Captain Bjorn. Yep. Who would you yep. pick, Barry? Haha. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's genuinely a dilemma with the form he's in. And you thought he'd kind of turned it around with that little um, back-to-back weeks, you know, was he around two top tens or one was just outside the top ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He showed it. And it's just, it's just gone, yeah. He's, uh, game's in a bit of a mess at the moment. But is it? That's what I'm saying. And you know, if that, that one final round last week, had that been a decent final round with no pressure on, he didn't, he didn't produce it. You know, granted, he, he didn't produce that round to have the argument, but had he produced a 65, um, he'd have finished tied fifth with Kepka. He, he would be his much shorter price. And everyone would be saying, well, look, it looks like Sergio's found his form. Mm. It's that fickle. That, that line is so fine. It's fine margins, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, if you if you don't pick him, like a talisman of the European team, um, it's I, I think that could be quite psychologically damaging to the team. There's an excellent it's, thread on our Facebook group about it, and there's some very knowledgeable people talking about it. And people are saying um, a situation where Tjorg Bjorn Olsen is going to be very hard not to pick, especially when he's Danish. And he's playing some outstanding golf, isn't he? Yep, yep. He's found his form. Found some so, consistency as well. You know, there, there's a captain's pick. That then puts a scenario where you've got, if Casey doesn't qualify, Casey Stenson and Garcia are all begging for a pick. Mm. So Casey's not too far away, is he? I mean, he he, he was he was he was leading the the travellers for a, a long time before Bubba came and nicked it away from him. So I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? Can you see all three of those guys getting picks and Teal Bjorn being the fourth? Oh, interesting. Hmm. But anyway, for me, Garcia needs to perform. So yeah, he's got he's got, he's got to pull his finger out. Absolutely, yeah, he's got to pull his finger. Um, Players that have kind of jumped out to me at bigger prices, and I'm looking, uh, you know, triple digits, and I get it. If that Garcia price is there tomorrow, I'd be tempted at 100 to 1, although it's only with Unibet, but he's drifting like a tug in the market. Yeah, you can, um, you can back him on the exchange at 150. I mean, that's, that's a big old number. Players, are, others that I see at triple digits that interest me, um, Kevin Kisner. You know that he has no known requirement for form, and then bang, um, second at the Open, um, great uh, runner-up at Players Championship at TPC Sawgrass. Um, he's also played very, very well um, at Harbour Town, which links in quite nicely. Um, third at East Lake as well. Yeah. Yeah, second. Was he second or third at East Lake? Uh, yeah, I've got third in my, my notes here, but you, you could be right. He's a decent. He's a decent shot. One hundred twenty-five to one. Seems to lift his game for the for the majors. Certainly has done in recent times, hasn't he? Seventh in this last year as well, wasn't he? Domestic stuff doesn't seem to interest him anymore, mm. does it? No. So yeah, well, I'm, I'm seeing one hundred and ten with bet three six five eight places each way. That that's quite a tempting price. 
He's a short 66s with Paddy Power, 10 places each way. Mm. Oh, yes, we should have mentioned this. 10 places each way available at Paddy Power this week and also Coral. If you want a mix of prices and, and increased each way options, Bet365, also Boyle Sports are offering eight places each way, 50 odds, as are Betfair Sportsbook. Um, so, yeah... Another another guy that shouts to me potentially is um, you're going to hate this um, is Rafael Cabrera Bello. He played quite nicely last week. Um, second was he top five at the players last year. He's also played well at St Jude on the Zoysia, so there's something to look into. Yeah, he's, he's stepped up his game, hasn't he? You, you can't deny that he's a far better player than he was, and you know, even a year or two back. Would it surprise you if he got a top 10 at a major? Uh, no, it wouldn't surprise me if he was first round leader at a major. Mm. By any stretch. It would probably surprise me more if he were to go on a really contend and potentially win one. But um, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, it's different. I'll tell you the other one, and he played, he, he finished like a train yesterday, Charles Svartzel. Yeah. I'm yeah. seeing him at 140 to 1 with Bet365. Um, and you look, as we said, he was second at TPC Sawgrass this year. Um, he's clearly won around Augusta. He's got a good record at PGA National, the Honda Classic. Um, he's played well at Quail Hollow. I can see some correlations with Quail as well, with Jim Furyk, and also with um, Anthony Kim, who won his first uh, PGA Tour title at Quail Hollow. So yeah, I think I think there's worse bets. Also, Conway Farms he's done well out of the past, and there's some correlation with that. There are worse bets out there than Charles Svartzel, I think. This this Zoysia grass is um, is more common over in South Africa as well, isn't it? Mm, I think so. So yeah, they're the ones that I'm, that are interesting me at big prices. You could also throw Daniel Berger into the mix. He was in the top, didn't he? Compl- he was in the last group at the U.S. Open, wasn't he? And if you're looking at that Zoysia group, uh, Zoysia link, he's won at TPC Southwind, isn't he? Two two years on the bounce. Mm. So, yeah, Berg, 150 to 1. Another one who's caught my eye in the last few weeks is uh, is Keegan Bradley. And we know with Bradley, he's, clearly he's won, won a US PGA in the past. And he was, on Zoysia. On Zoysia, yeah, yeah, that's uh, AAC, wasn't it? Um, yeah. 13th at the Greenbrier, where his, his long game, as you'd expect his long game to be, was, was right on point. Third for total driving, third for ball striking. Um, then fourth at the Canadian Open. He didn't play last week, but he played. He finished fourth at the Canadian Open, where it was his short game. And this is where he's really always, you know, we know, we know the, the whole story with the, the putters and you know being forced to change to a short putter, etc. Um, but he finished fourth at the Canadian Open. He was second for scrambling and fourth for putting average with a putting average of 1.56, which for Keegan Bradley is he's not just noteworthy. That's just, you know, that's that's a huge number for him. Um, and clearly he's got to tie those two together. But if he has a ball striking week where he plays um, on and around the greens like that, he's got to go incredibly close. And would he shoot that week? He shot a 63 in one of the rounds, a 64 in the final round. It's only his third round, 73, preventing him from winning that tournament. Um, and you're getting uh, you know, between 100 and 125 to 1 at the moment, yeah. depending on how many places you take. 9 under 63 in round 2, and then he backed that yeah. up with an 8 under 64 in round 4. Yeah. 
So yeah, he's on fire, isn't he? Brandon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, strokes gain, strokes gain T to green for the season to date. He's uh, he's sixth on the PGA Tour. You know, for a guy that you know on the headline headline form, apart from the, apart from the Canadian, doesn't look that uh, dramatic. Yeah, he's clearly from T to green. He's striking the ball, or has been striking the ball incredibly well. And if he has so, found something with a putter, did you ever read or hear what he's changed with the putter? Has he gone to this claw grip like Webb Simpson? I've not seen anything specific in the in the mm. setup. I need to dig into it to, to give you a, 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 a you know a definitive answer. But, um, but something something's clicked the last two performances. Yeah, absolutely. For for him to produce that kind of number, um, yeah, you know, either it's a complete outlier or something's working that uh, that uh, is to do with this setup. Which, if that's the case, is a dangerous player. And again. Um, Oh, sorry. Done. Done. I'm, I'm cutting across you. No, no, you're right. Any other ones here? Um, I thought Luke, Luke List is interesting at a 125. He's been backed as well. Uh, yeah, he has come in quite a bit. Um, now, look, whether he goes on to win is a, di- is a different thing, but you know, that might be kind of a 125 top eight. I could, I could see him getting a top eight for sure. Uh yeah, it's it's kind of, it's a it's a fun week, isn't it? Uh, in a way, like there's a little bit of guesswork involved. Yeah, because of the unfamiliarity of the venue, even though we have a few links, but uh, it, yeah, I'm. I, Last year, the, the, Oosthuizen was one twenty-five to one runner-up. Molinari was one hundred and fifty to one. Patrick Reed was one hundred and ten to one. Now, this is one of the majors in my mind where actually there's. It's a little bit like Augusta, where you get more of the cream filling the places, like you would get at the US Open, for example. Because mm-hmm. some years, you're getting very few at triple digits actually turning up. But there are players in that kind of 100 to 1, 150 to 1 mark who are going to get in the mix in all likelihood. It's just picking the right bloody one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Throw a dart at the board. Mm-hmm. Um does uh yeah the other this this major's gone weird i can't i, I can't believe sky dropped the ball on uh, the rights for this so now in the uk and ireland we're stuck having to sign up to this company called 11 sports who i'd never heard of before mm-hmm. yeah um to stream it online and uh not good i mean it's that's um it's what it's a big unknown um you know new commentary team coming together yeah, um, I'm not. Uh, I don't know. I'm not looking forward to it. It's either going to be is it, is it surprisingly good or it's going to be an absolute yeah. farce, isn't it? Is it a UK commentary team that they pull together, or is it <laughs> they're just tapping into American commentary? No, I think they've got um, it's Anna Anna Whiteley and my Dominic, uh, the guy with the black hair. I can't remember his second name. So I think they have a few guys from the is it the Golf Monthly yeah. or TV show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like it's not people who don't know what they're talking about, but um, it's you know for them to be diving into doing their you know the first kind of TV production and it being a major is um, it'll be interesting to see how they uh, if they sink or swim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a challenge. This per- or pro- proliferation of sports rights not just golf it's um it's a challenge 
It's a challenge for us, the consumer. Mm. Very much so. I tell you what, I wanted to ask you guys before we uh, wrap it up. Um, what do you guys think of Xander Shalfley this week? I backed him last week and he was, on the face of it, it was awful. But we talked about him at the back end of the last major. In fact, we talked about him at the back end of both the last majors where he's clearly raised his game. He's performed incredibly well. He could have easily won the Open Championship with a, you know, a slightly better start on the Sunday. Um, and he was in the mix, you know, he stood him with a chance coming right down the stretch. Yet he comes into this from, you know, he, he was nearly dead last last week. I think he's one, of the, I mean, he's one of these young players that, you know, it's difficult to be consistent week in, week out, isn't it? But, you know, he won at Eastlake, so he yeah, won at Zoyja. He won at Eastlake. You know, coming into the US he Open... Was second, he, he's second, he, was, he was second at the players this year. Yeah. So there's two huge plus points, aren't there? Yeah. And Fire, Firestone is never... It's always a tough one to judge how guys are playing from Firestone because they, some people get it and play well in it and other people just don't. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or they took a, a couple of years or a couple of goes around uh, the block to actually get the place. Mm. So, you know, that being... What was it? It was his first time playing it. Yeah, it would have yeah. been. Was it? It would have been his first, yeah. Yeah, so... You know, I wouldn't read too much. I, into I it. could almost kind of give him a free pass on that. Yeah. I think from a t- from a tournament trend perspective of what we see of winners, he doesn't fit the bill, and I can't include him. But I would have absolutely. And this is the point, isn't it? I I tipped up Bubba at, in Canada, missed the cut. Um, you tipped up Xander last week, missed the, uh, finished almost bog last. Yeah, it's sod's law. That one of those, or even protect, I mean, Sergio Garcia tipped him up and missed the cut. One of those three, if not more than one, are likely to get in the mix, and you'll be mm-hmm. slapping your forehead after Thursday evening, going, "What the hell?" Barry, <laughs> Barry will be tweet. He'll be sending WhatsApp messages after the second hole, going, "Oh, here comes Xander." <laughs> you know, you just. For me, he's the kind of guy that I would back on the exchange just to cover him off because you know he's the kind of guy that's going to piss on your strawberries. Mm. Yeah, I'm undecided. I mean, there's, there's, again, there's, there's quite a bit of difference between the bookies, you know, down from 35s up to up to 60s, depending on how, how you want to play it. But, um, you know, his recent major record, he's got three top sixes in his last five majors, something like that. It's, you know, it's a cracking record. Clearly capable. And coming into these majors where he's performed, he's not necessarily had outstanding incoming form. He'd missed a cut twice coming into the US Open last year and he finished sixth. I think 52nd coming into the US Open this year and finished fifth. You know, there's, there's nothing to suggest that he doesn't just hone his game, you know, take it easy the week before the, on the lead up to it and then, you know, hits the ground running when he goes uh, and plays these events that he's really targeted himself. His, his form leading into the US Open where he finished sixth this year, miscut, miscut. Mm-hmm. He was 21st at the Greenbrier, and I think there were some there were some good rounds in there, weren't there, Paul, before the yeah. Open where he yeah, finished yeah. second. But yeah, yeah, he isn't the kind of... He isn't your Justin Rose where you're looking for a top five the week before he wins. He seems to be someone that can just pull something straight out of the bag. Yeah. If And I, ca- I can't see this course not suiting him. No, no. And he's absolutely friendless in the market at the moment. No one wants him. Mm. That there, I think, is going to be a Wednesday bet fair 
potential back. You know, because mm. you, you can only see that price. Oh yeah, you, you might you, you might see him up. Yeah, you might see eighty out of that. He must be sitting there at seventy at the moment, so you might be might see eighty plus. It's very tempting. Even how, you know, he let me down last week. That's uh, could be a bit of redemption there. That's his way of apologising. <laughs> yeah. like putting in a good. I'll I'll, t- I'll take that as an apology, Barry. Yeah. <laughs> it happens though, doesn't it? it happens all yeah, the time. Right. Indeed. One key stat. Yeah, one key stat that just... I'll, I'll throw this in before we close. One key stat that kind of permeates a lot of the recent winners going for the green, yeah, on the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. So Thomas was 19th. Uh, eighth was Jimmy Walker, the year he won. Fourth for Jason Day. And Rory McIlroy was first for going for the green. And those those numbers are as they turned up at the course, yeah? They're not season-long numbers. That's actually a real number. Xander Schofield, 12. So it's going to suit him, isn't it? it? You know, a PGA setup suits a player of of Schofield's capabilities. Yeah. What do we, what do, one that always one that's niggling away at me that could come and haunt me is John Rahm. Thoughts? Yeah. I think the US PGA out of the four majors is the one that he's most likely to win first. I suspect he'll win win a few over his. Uh, over his career, but if he's going to break through, then then the US PGA would probably be the one. The scoring the scoring level's about right for him, isn't it? It's not too difficult, but it's not too hard. It's mm. it's scorable. It's um, I think it's right up his alley. He nearly broke through. Everyone everyone forgets he nearly broke through at the Masters. He was what two three foot away from absolute perfection on fifteen. Yeah. Oh yeah. On Sunday, you know. So yeah, look, I I think. Ram, classical kind of looking track. Um, As Paul he's, said, that, he's, that kind of mid-score, 10 to 12, 13, that's, that's his kind of game. And, and with the, his power hitting as well, to, like, like what you were saying, like cutting corners on the course and you know, a couple, you know, three or four of those par fours could be almost drivable for him. Um, depending on the you know if there's any wind or uh, what tees they use on the day, but there's you know they're in the mid three hundreds range. A couple of them are short, even shorter. Um, that kind of aggression could be highly rewarded this week. Mm. Certainly, a lot of contenders out there, isn't it? He was second for tee to green last week at the Bridgestone. So only Brooks Coker was better. I think we found. Like I, I, think, I think. I think we found the winner. <laughs> I think we found the winner, boys. John Rahm, unbacked, twenty-five to one. They certainly want to put in your mix for your your DraftKings teams. I think. He was close last week, wasn't he? Mm. We've all gone quiet. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, you know, it's tricky. There's a, you know, cases can be made across the board. Let's what do you guys think about Tiger? I thought he'd go so much better last week at Bridgestone. Yeah. yeah. Was it almost like too much effort to get there or something? Yeah, or, again, you know. again, he's had another, after two rounds, you, you thought well, he's in prime position to go and push on and, you know, Get his ninth win at, you know, at, at Firestone, and 
given how he's performed there in the past, you you, you know, you, you, it's difficult to say against it. But it didn't happen, did it? He, 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 yeah. he, was, he was particularly poor on Sunday. That's, I suppose when you're not when you're not kind of uh, when you're that far out of touch, come Sunday, the focus goes. Yeah, and he's, he's, you know, he's def- the head's definitely already at Bel Reeve when he's playing on the Sunday. So um, his long game's in great shape. Yeah, yeah. He just needs to tie it all together, doesn't he? But uh, you know, you're talking another one of these short price players, aren't you? And, you know, you, you can't you can't back to, you know more than one or two yeah. of these players. And this is this the point. Is, I'm I'm sitting there this morning. I'm thinking there's two players in that top eight that I definitely want to back, and they're the two that I've gone for. And you know, and then you look back. Oh, could have gone for Rob. Could have gone for Rose because Rose is the sort finished like a train at the Open, but then he didn't play Bridgestone, so that breaks that trend. But Rose is playing some good stuff, but he's got a back injury. Well, I can't for. And you can go through all of this kind of stuff, can't you? The only thing that does put me off Ram is of all of those courses that I've mentioned seem pretty critical. He doesn't. He's either not played them or he hasn't. I mean, like the players. He's, he hasn't got on there at all well in his first two outings there. Mm. He did finish seventh at the Tour Championship though on Zoysia, so you know, swings and roundabouts. Mm. Going to be a fascinating event, isn't it? You know, we've not even touched on players like Francesco Bolinari, who's playing you know the golf of his life. You know, can he bounce back after the uh, the Open Championship? Has he got that? You know, has he got the desire and the will to go out and really get stuck in again? So early after winning his first major, don't know. We shall see. Tommy Fleetwood's playing some better, better golf, isn't he? You know, he went through mm. he went through a, a stretch not so long ago where he was battling with his um, with his swing a bit, but he seems to seems to be pulling that around. Jason Day played well last week. Could have won last week, couldn't he? Yeah. Just didn't push on on the Sunday. There's lots of players. Jason Day's playing some. Re- Do you know the thing that I noticed with Jason Day? He topped greens in regulation after 54 holes. Mm. And then he just seemed to mentor. I struggle selecting players, and I, you know, just from a trend perspective, when you look at. I struggle to pick players who struggle on the final day, leaving the previous week at the Bridgestone. Yeah. Yeah, you some That isn't a trend I like. I want someone that's actually showing something. Yeah. Yeah, you'd want some positive momentum coming into it rather than. Uh, yeah. Rather than a, a pause. The only somewhere. one that breaks that is Keegan Bradley back in 2011 when I think he was almost wasn't he leading and then he he, he kind of bearing in mind that was his that was his uh, rookie year, mm. and he went and won the PGA Championship the week after, didn't he? Um, yeah. After contending at Firestone. Yeah. He shot something crazy in the final round and then goes and wins it. But apart from, you look at the others, you know, McElroy, Duffner, McElroy, Jason Day, they've all had some momentum late on at Firestone, taking it to the next, taking it to the PGA. And that, you know, that's what put me off Rahm ultimately. Perhaps Schwartz was your man. I think he's a decent shout at yeah, a good no, price. No. I think there were far worse long shots. Well, thank you for your time, gents. It's been a pleasure. We're uh, we're back on the weekly podcast now. There, uh, we'll we'll be back next week for what are you covering next week on the Euro? Uh, Nordea Masters. Nordea Masters. That's a decent event. I've mm. got the Wyndham Championship. So we'll uh, we'll see you again next week, and I hope you all enjoy the PGA Championship. Thank you. Goodbye.